Welcome to the Young IPA Podcast. I'm James. This is Pete. G'day, everyone. It is the 5th of December. This is episode 138. Huge show for you guys coming up. I do say it every week. This week, I mean it, as well as all the other weeks where I do mean it. But this week especially. Yeah, definitely. We have got David Limbrick, uh, Victorian State MP with the Liberal Democratic Party. Uh, We're going to be talking to him. We've got festival season coming up. We've also got to be talking to Adam Schlich from uh, SoFox about festival season coming up. But you can't talk about festival season in 2019 without talking about uh, safe pill testing mm-hmm. at the festival. So we're going to be talking to David Limbrick about some of the stuff going on there. But uh, people watching on YouTube, people watching on Facebook right now will definitely have noticed by now that Evan Mulholland, the IPA spin doctor, I think that's what our in how in podcast name for you, yep. has joined us as well. We're going to be talking to him in a few seconds about his week. Pete, anything that you're looking forward to in the show? I'm looking forward to the festival guide from Rockstar Adam Schlitt. Yep. You know, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to ask him if I'm too old to still go to festivals. I don't think I am, but he might have a different opinion. And I hope you're not. So, a little bit too old. <laughs> oh. Evan, right. you're here to talk about <laughs> it. This is a friendly show, okay? This isn't uh. looking forward anymore. We get along in this episode. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, so let's talk about it because we brought on Evan because uh, – well, Pete, set this up for us. Well, as I, as I, I said I wanted to introduce Evan today because one of the reasons is I want to introduce a new nickname. Okay. I don't want to okay. call him the spinner anymore. I think we should call him the undertaker <laughs> because it just seems to fit. Now, Evan – so you were here. Oh, you were as in the wrestler, the Undertaker, or the like, job profession. Just the Undertaker. Undertaker. Just you know, he just comes for you know. He oh, comes for news. Yeah, I was thinking like <laughs> Evan's <laughs> a bit of a wrestling guy, as yeah, we find out in the, the quiz. Lights, like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're into, mate, fair enough. Anyway, look, what I wanted to ask you about. We want to ask you about the Foreign Influence Transparency Scheme. Yep. Now you had a piece in the Australian about this during the week, and it was fantastic. Now we broke this story a few weeks ago, and Andrew Cooper from the LDP and Liberty Works was on the program. Yep. He mentioned this had happened to him. The Australian were pretty good. They're only a few days behind the Young IPA podcast. Yeah. And they reported a few days later that it happened to Tony Abbott. Anyway, the first thing that we wanted to ask you was, do you admit that me and James are now the ultimate news hounds? Well, yeah, it does seem uh, 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 maybe we can swap uh, nicknames around <laughs> and you guys can be the spinners. You yeah, know, maybe. You uh, so I just want to make sure that we definitely got that. Yeah, uh, and press record. Loop that as a gift for later use. But yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I just noticed the camera's wearing a crown uh, from the quiz. <laughs> uh, so talk to us about this. So like for people that are new to this story, because there's a lot of big words that go on yep. with this story. So for yeah. people that are new to it, people that aren't fully understanding, Foreign Influency Transparency Scheme what do they want to do? And then what happened to Andrew Cooper? Mm. So this was a law designed uh, in the Turnbull years um, as sort of a, a way to deal with Chinese influence. It was around the time of, of Sam, Sam Dastiari scandal, if you can remember that, friend of the show, um, as well as uh, other threats to Chinese influence that was perceived with political influence in Australian politics. This was what the bill was meant to deal with. Now, at the time, our own Morgan Begg actually wrote in his legal rights audit of 2018 that this has the potential for real bureaucratic overreach. There's procedural fairness issues. There's all sorts of issues with the law that means it could be uh, used in ways that were untoward. Now, surprise, surprise, that something untoward has happened. Yeah. You know, as Andrew Morgan Cooper Bank, discussed on the show. Uh, Nostradamus. Um, what, has, what has happened under this is the only ever order of compliance made under this scheme was made to Andrew Cooper, uh, head of libertarian activist organisation Liberty Works, who organised the CPAC conference, this Conservative Political Action Conference. In doing that, he uh, worked with the American Conservative Union to bring CPAC to Australia. CPAC is a political franchise. It's not some fringe right thing, as Christina Keneally likes to call it. It is a mainstream Republican conference where future presidents give their policy speeches. It's expanded into all sorts of other countries like Japan, 
man, now Australia. So in doing that, it it, um, it ordered Andrew Cooper uh, hand over all documents relating to, potentially thousands of documents relating to his dealings with the ACU. It also invited Tony Abbott, former Prime Minister and Speaker at the conference, to invited him to register as an agent of foreign influence. That's how outrageous it was. So when all this went down, I thought I'll lodge a threat of information request. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost. Sorry, can I just uh, pause for a second? Because yep. you talk about like the bureaucratic overreach and some of the stuff that goes in there. Like Andrew Cooper's ordered to do like hand over these documents. And like sometimes, you know, the police will say hand that over, but you do have the right to silence and you don't have to do that. But he was given 14 days to do it or he goes to jail, right? He was given 14 days and it was written that uh, failure to comply uh could result in a maximum of six months in prison. Yeah. Like, that, that's, just, that's just ridiculous. And that's a law that we have in Australia right now. That's and, insane. And so and I he refused th- to do it, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. And right. so as um, our, our, our chairman, uh, Janet Albrechtson, has written in Australian, the in International Integrity Unit in the uh, group in the Attorney General's Department is responsible for overseeing this scheme. This contains just eight public servants uh, overseeing all foreign influence in Australia. So I feel uh, safe. Yeah, and so I thought I better FOI this yep. um, yeah. this group standard um, undertaker behaviour, and and so I FOI'd them for uh, freedom th- of information acted. Yep, a, a, a three initiated. month period uh, for the words of CPAC, ACU, um, Tony Abbott, uh, Andrew Cooper, and Liberty Works. Yeah, James and, Bolt, and <laughs> what I found. I was given a practical refusal notice saying yeah. it was a bit too, too much work to do. So, and, they found, and they found 1,300 documents. So let's break it down because, like, uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners who've never worked in politics before. So for Freedom of Information Acts, like, you ask the government, I want these documents. Yeah. Do they have to give them over? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, freedom of Information laws are very untransparent in, in a sense. Um, they can delay and delay and delay and find up out reasons to refuse and it's very difficult to challenge them because you don't know what they're trying to hide. It's not like there's an equal equal uh, basis of agreement there. And so, so they usually, tell you, they usually have to come back to you within 30 days. Right. And they tell you, uh, we're not going to give you the documents, yeah. but you like also there's 1,300 of them. Yeah, there's 1,300 some, things that we're not Sometimes they give away you. pearls of information like that. Right. Um, and so uh, they told me, there were, there's in excess of 1,300 documents relating to the request based on an initial search. And they also said it would be unreasonable uh, and uh, too much work required for the department to process all of those documents despite giving Andrew Cooper just 14 days to comply <laughs> yeah. with thousands of documents or go to jail yeah, for six exactly. months. So yeah. what, what happens next now that that's come through? Well, we tend to think there's a real issue with the law. So it is up to Christian Porter to tell his department to release the documents. But there is a more important issue with that, and that is the law itself. Mm-hmm. It, the law either needs to be repealed or completely recast. Cole, and, and I think the, one of the most damning things is that he actually admitted that he's, a bill that he drafted, introduced and legislated wasn't being used to its intent. He drafted it, so he should redraft it or repeal it. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, coalition governments and governments in general should not rely on the public service or on the good faith of the public service to clarify the intent of legislation. Have you considered also searching for the word defamation in these and that would really get Christian Porter's uh, clear attention on this one? <laughs> well, that might produce a, a lot more documents than this one. All right, so... Uh 
that's what. So that's where we're at so far. Yep. So uh, we get the information of uh, we we request the freedom of information, or you do, but like we yep. as the IPA, and we hear that there's 1,300 documents that they're not handing over, which is just them going like, "What do we do about Andrew Cooper?" When it's a law brought in to stop like, you know, Chinese yeah. influences influencing Australian politics, but it's Andrew Cooper. Yeah, and and, and given the extent of scandal over Chinese influence that's been in the media recently. It is embarrassing and ridiculous that uh, a a task force or a a group that was set up to oversee a scheme to deal with this has been too busy, uh, over 1,300 documents of correspondence, too busy looking at conservatives and actually dealing with uh, foreign influence in politics. All right, brilliant. Evan, thank you so much. Uh, and now we're going to be talking festivals and pill testing. Thanks, Super, a wild Super show. Yeah. Super wild show. <laughs>Okay, we now welcome back onto the show, Adam Schlicht. Stop distracting me, Pete, from SoFox. Rockstar. Uh, now, uh, we are, sorry, it's summer. Yep, mm-hmm. it's confirmed it is, summer. Technically it is. Yeah. It is confirmed summer. Uh, check your calendars. And it is festival season. And Peter and I want to, like, we're not cool, but we speak for yeah, the speak people who are cool. Okay, I'll speak for myself. I'm not cool, but I do have the voice of, like, I'm the voice of the youth, I would say, at this point. Uh, so I need to be up to date with what is cool. And with fu- okay. summer music festival season coming up, yeah. we want to talk to the only cool person that I, I find I know. The coolest Adam person Schlicht, I know. Uh, about what's coming up this year. So Adam, like, talk to us. What are the festivals? Where are people going and what's playing and what are you looking forward to? Yeah. What, what's he going to? I'm I'm heading off to Beyond the Valley, BTV. BTV. Yeah, okay. In I with it. Very cool. Is I that, sh- sorry, I need to say BTV. If I say Beyond the Valley, I'll be You'll posted sound with like rotten a fruit. Okay. Yeah, don't don't say that. So I'll be at BTV, which is kind of the it's probably the biggest one I reckon in Victoria. Not false. It's now. This is well, how bad I am. controversial. This is how bad I am. Controversial. Falls hasn't sold out their tickets yet. Whoa. So. Are you serious? That's, yeah, it's that lineup is insane. I'm going. I'm in. I know it's really good, but BTV sold out in seconds. So okay, what that's you the place to, to be. Looking forward to about BTV. Actually, there's a the Veronicas are playing at BTV, okay. <laughs> which is a bit of a throwback. Wow. Yeah. I'm really looking forward Those to that. Those tickets went untouched. Yeah, that's for sure. They are going to be huge. Okay, they're not the they're not the headliners. All right, uh, so uh, we got that, and like we're going to be talking about this with David Lindbrick later in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously, pill testing is the main debate where it's coming down. I mean, it's mainly New South Wales thing at the moment because mm-hmm. another kid died, oh, well, twenty-five year old died over the weekend at a festival because he took like a bunch of drugs. So where is like pill testing among people that go to festivals? Like, what what's the sort of uh, things that are being said about it? Well, I mean. I think amongst the people I know, the people that have, like, you know, I've been to festivals with, the general consensus is, you know, the security at festivals isn't really deterring anyone. I, no one seems to think that's going to stop them. Mm-hmm. So I guess in their minds, it's like, well, the next logical step is if you're not going to stop people bringing them in, so maybe we should try and make it safer. Mm. What's your view? Well, I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the direct questions. <laughs> That's new sounding. Yeah, yeah. You listening, Evan? That's what I do. I like. I I think I agree. I think if then if we're not going to deter people with security, which doesn't seem like we are, then I think maybe um, the best way to go is, um, you know, check if they're safe. Very cool. All right. I have a question you before do. we get onto the festival do's and don'ts, which yes. I know we want to talk mm-hmm. about. Now I'm a bit older than you guys. I've been no, to no, a festival. Come on. I've been to a hey. festival in about eleven months. Wow. So wow. Was it BTV? It was. I can't remember the name of it. It was at Welcome BTV. to Thornby, which is an excellent 
venue here in Melbourne. Okay. Is it a really a festival if it's at a pub? <laughs> and if you can't remember day, what it's called. If you went there, you would know that it was a festival. Anyway. Festivals need to be in a, in a farm. I agree. You've got to camp there. Yeah. Oh, you got to camp there? Oh, oh. I didn't camp there. <laughs> camp or that's not a strict definition, right but that's a fun... <laughs> anyway, whatever. Anyway. That happened. Uh, how old is too old to go to a festival? Jeez. How old are you? You're I'm 21. 21. So okay. I'm allowed to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the prime age. Yeah. yeah. Probably your age minus like Ooh. five. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what about all that's those old hippie look. people that take their that's kids? That's a tough look. Stuff like that. They're... If you can take your kids to the festival, it's not a good festival. You don't oh, want to go to that festival. Like uh, Golden Plains, Meredith. Golden Plains is very They good. all have kids. Like, I feel like you can go as long as you want, but you actually have to go to at least six festivals a year. It depends how many you're going the to. The time card's taken away from you. And you've got to camp. Like none of these people, you know, I know a lot of people go to like Falls at Lawn and mm-hmm. they'll stay like in Lawn. In or like glamp. Airbnb. Yeah, they'll glamp. No, no. You've got to camp. You've got to not shower. Four <laughs> well, I can handle that. <laughs> Peace very <laughs> okay with Dream. not showering for four days. <laughs> One more question before we get to the do's and don'ts. This is a Special request <laughs> and it's from, appeal from Hugh Tobin. Our, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he's so far up the tree. We're going by the name. So okay. far <laughs> up the thing. I don't actually know what his job title is, but he's a big, big cheese a big around player. He wanted to know once you have kids, can you still go to festival? Because his lovely wife Claire well, is we just had pregnant. <laughs> well, I don't think you're allowed to bring kids to a lot of them. Okay, like, yeah. The you, BTV. You, you can't you can't bring a kid to BTV. Oh, Ooh, mate, that's a word I found. I'll be looking for employment if I was you. <laughs> right. I'm just glad I'm still in the festival thing. I'm, sorry, I'm 20. Wait, sorry, I'm 25, which gives me how many more years? If I want to turn things around, I actually don't know how old Pete is. It gives you about five. But you just know. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. know. I don't know how old you are, but you're five years love. too old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Delicious. All right. Uh, let's get into it. So, festival do's and don'ts. I'm uh-huh. sure we've got a lot of listeners out there who are going to a festival. And if they're not like me uh, and they get invited to one and they maybe go snap up one of those tickets that are still lying around for falls because Vampire Weekend are headlining, uh, we need to talk about what are some do's and don'ts. Now, Adam, you're no stranger to the game. You say BTV mm-hmm. and not Beyond the Valley. What are some do's? What are some don'ts? I've got my few of my own. All right. Probably the biggest don't for me, which from experience. Starting from the don'ts. I'm okay. going to start with don'ts. Start right. negative. Um, from experience, biggest don't, don't bring a Kmart tent. They're not good. Oh, I've done that before. They break. <laughs> they cost 12 bucks, mate. I know. <laughs> yeah, eight like, bucks. They cost No one surprise. loves saving a bit of cash more than people. Yeah, well, they break within the first day and you end up just sleeping under it. It's like part a of the experience. <laughs> that was really unfortunate. All right, so, okay. but, but unless you're paid, you do want to do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my don'ts, I don't know if we want to go back and forth, yeah, go but for one forth. of my don'ts, uh, don't go to the politics tent. There's oh, sometimes okay. there's a politics tent or sometimes there's good a stand-up call. tent. Don't go to it. You can't Instagram yourself being there. You can't get a good photo of you nodding along. So there's no actual point. It's also just not fun. Yeah. Simon Brini used to work here. Went, uh, did a Q&A at... Splendor where was it? Splendor in the Grass. Yeah. And uh, he said it was pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. He got a free trip. <laughs> got a free tri- <laughs> no, grim for everyone else involved. He got a free trip to Splendor in the Grass yeah. in a different state, which was pretty good for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, hit us with another don't if you uh, have any. My other don't is don't be the guy that brings the trestle table because from experience... They always get broken. Someone, <laughs> someone's will, taking a dive on the trestle someone's table. Someone's diving in your trestle yeah. table, and it's funny. Yep. Until and you realise it's yours. Oh, when your it's not your trestle table, you. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting, when you're 21, your mum still gets Mama's angry. Buy it from Kmart, be six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get some Kmart sponsorship for we all should. this. All right. Uh, do we have any do's, or do we have more don'ts? Should My biggest do, do would probably be actually pack good food. Yeah. I last year tried to. I, we thought. 
we could just buy several kilos of carrots and we could last. How many four, carrots four do you go through? Absolutely, a lot in four days. And it. What are you eating? After a couple of hours, it's bad, mate. If you're drinking for three days, you want something a bit more substantial. Yeah, we found that out. Yeah. Carrots don't go. I have well. a very different approach when I get uh-huh. to the six dollar Kmart bags. Like I will go to the food trucks and I will experiment with different things. Like yeah. I, I'm a big eater. The food. That's truck a lot of money though, because meals aren't cheap there. Yeah, but you don't get to take it with you. Uh, but you do get to take memories of the tr- food trucks. <laughs> That is just uh, my biggest do funny gathering pole is a must. You need the big stick to yep. for everyone to oh, be able to rally it. around at any time. What is what are they actually called? Um, doof stick. Oh, doof stick. stick. They banned funny. them at falls. Actually, what? Yeah, you can't bring them in. That's okay, one I'm I'm another reason falls. to go to BTV. Another reason to go to BTV. But uh, funny. Uh, Doof stick is a must. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of suggestions here. So if, for people that don't know, this is just like a giant stick. The, the designated tall person, Adam, would probably be very familiar with this. The designated tall person carries around the big stick. There's something on it. So everyone in the group knows, hey, if we get lost or, hey, if it's two in the morning and the music's wrapped up, get to this stick and we're all going to meet each other and head back to the campsite. Would Practical be the idea. and fun. Practical and fun. And funny. Uh, so a few ones you might want to experiment with out there. Laurie Oaks, always a good one. If you just get a giant photo of Laurie Oaks and put that on the top of your doof stick. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. uh, Nicholas Cage as well, particularly him in the bee helmet. Uh, always gets a good laugh. Uh, David Hasselhoff, drunk in that video where he's like lying on his kitchen floor. You can always do that. And if you want to put a 2019 twist on it, and this might be controversial, but Prince Andrew. Yeah, wow. If you just do the photo that is controversial. With him smiling and with his arm out. There probably no. won't be too many more of them either, so Pro- you'll know no. which one's yours. And exactly. All right, so they would be my do's. Funny doof stick. Nice. All cool. I like it. Uh, do you have any more? Um, nothing. Okay, cool. Me. So <laughs> that is our festival preview guide. Thanks, Thank Adam. you, Adam. No worries. Thanks, right. guys. Anyway. Okay, we now welcome back onto the show. Friend of the show, David Limbrick, State MP for the Liberal Democrat Party. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, we'll give people an idea. So we were going to have a debate about pill testing, and especially with all the summer music festivals coming up. Mm. Uh, and we had two people booked in. It was yourself and another, and we were going to have, you know, the pro camp and the against camp. Now, unfortunately, the against camp pulled out this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, uh, some are saying running scared would be the idea. <laughs> like, I don't know if you uh, induce terror in your opponents. Is that the kind of angle we're going Does for? This well, I don't, well, I don't know if I induce terror. I'd like to think I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, we'll have uh, this sort of against camp on in a future show. But, uh, David, thanks so much for joining us. So well, let's start with... Uh, just where we're at. So what is pull testing and why are you in favour of it? Actually, no, because uh, <laughs> I'll throw a new one in there. Cancel that. Cancel that one. Uh, Peter, unfortunately, just learned in the show that he might be a bit too old to go to music festivals. Oh, yeah. uh, so David, do, oh. are you attending any music festival coming up this summer? I went to Rainbow Serpent this year and there I might go. Might go again <laughs> next year. I don't know. But You're an inspiration. That is David. the most Liberal Democratic MP. Well, I was speaking I've there. So, yeah, oh, right. you yeah, yeah. How old are you, David, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 45. So yeah, there you well, go. Pete's got, got many years got left. There was older people than me there, quite surprisingly. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we need to get Adam back in here. Get him in here now. <laughs> yeah. All right, but uh, what is Bill Dessing and why are you in favour of it? Okay, so... I prefer to talk about pill testing as like a pill consultation service or a pill service. So what happens is someone's at a at a at pill a, service. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's, a, it's a service, right? <laughs> so someone's at a festival and they have some pills, and what they what, what they do is they go to one of these services, and the first thing that they do is they sit down with someone and have a consultation. And for some of these people, it's the first time that they've ever talked to anyone about their drug use, and they're talking talking to someone about their drug use before they actually take the drugs, which is a really powerful thing. And I think what a lot of people get. Uh, 
miss is that probably this is one of the most uh, effective parts of the pill testing process is that they're talking with, with a professional or a peer, peer worker. And so what they get told is, you know, here are the risks about t you know, doing what you're about to do. Um, in certain cases, uh, you know, they, they may discover, like if they're on other medications such as, you know, antidepressants, um, they might get told, did you know that there's, there could be really bad um, side effects of you taking this in conjunction with your antidepressants, right? And people are made aware of these things that they might not talk to their doctor about, but they might talk to one of these peer workers And they're definitely not talking to the person that gave them that pill at Correct. the festival about, yeah. Yeah, so the, they- They don't provide those services, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. No, no. And so what happens after that is they take, um, <clears throat> a sample of the of the pill or capsule or whatever the substance is they take a small sample of that and then they put that in a in a machine which is like a a, a mass spectrometer so it, it figures out you know what's actually in the pill and then what they'll do is they'll get a report from that after a few minutes and that will say you know the pill i expected that the pill contained x substance so they might expect it contains mdma and it may or may not contain MDMA, MDMA in the actual pill, because of course these are produced on the black market and whatever. And so what we find is in certain situations, they'll find that it's not, it's in fact not the thing that they thought it was in the pill, and they'll, they'll have a chance to make a decision to, on what to do with that. And what we found at the Groove and the Moo uh, Festival, where they ran this trial the, earlier this year in, in ACT, mm -hmm. um, there was seven uh, pills that they identified that actually contained uh, N-ethylpentylone, which is a completely different substance to MDMA and has quite different effects. And those people that uh, discovered that that pill contained that instead of MDMA, they threw it in the bin and they didn't take the pill because yes. they thought the risk was too high. And that's the objective of this is really we're talking about minimising the harm from people at festivals taking drugs through having a consultation with people and learning about um, some of the possible risk factors and how to maybe manage those risk factors, maybe taking a smaller dose and this sort of thing. And also trying to identify whether what's in the drug that they thought is in it, whether it actually is what they think it is, right? At no stage are the people telling them, giving them a green light to take drugs. The people are saying to to the the, um, the customers of this, uh, of this service that, you know, if you want to reduce your risk the most, you don't take the drugs in the first place, right? But these people are going to take the drugs, so they're trying to help them uh, make better decisions and lower their risks. And it's, about, it's all about lowering harm. Could I just jump in there? So yeah. is there more thorough data than the ICT trial? Like is there trials overseas or something? Like yeah, so a percentage on anything like that? or Yeah, so there's services that run – I mean, it's been running in uh, New Zealand for a few years now, and there's also services in Netherlands and a few other countries, I think. Um, but the – what we find is at these festivals that there is a much uh, lower rate of um, hospitalisation. So if we're looking at metrics that we judge success on this by, right, mm -hmm. um, deaths is the one that everyone talks about, but it's probably not such a great metric because it's such a rare thing that it actually happens. Um, you know, statistically, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but a good good measure of uh, effectiveness is the number of hospitalisations that happen at events. And I think. Uh, it was, uh, I think, the difference between uh, the in the UK there was a trial, and the 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 year that they had the trial in 2016 had a 95% reduction in hospitalizations from the year before when they didn't have a, any sort of those services. Wow. So there's clear evidence that there is a, a, a reduction in harm 
for people consuming drugs when this sort of service is available. Mm-hmm. This might be uh, stupid. Yeah. Bear with me. But my, my, yeah, well, that's usually an indicator. But uh, my thing with, like, with the pill testing trials is, like, how many people actually come forward and offer their pills to someone that, you know, might be working for the government or might be working for the festival? Like, do people just go, yeah. well, what if they take it away from me? Or, like, suspicious about that? So I think at Groove and the Moo there was uh, under 200, but, like, it was... In, in the order, you know, between one and 200 um, pills were tested overall. Um, so clearly a, a number of people do it, but it also has um, other effects, right? When you get someone from a group, let's say they might have bought some pill and it's a certain colour and a certain brand and then they get it tested and then they find out that it's dodgy, of course they tell all their friends, you know, that stuff that's being sold that we bought, we shouldn't be taking that. So it has wider effects beyond just the pills that are tested. And also what happens is that when the services identify things that are dodgy, they will notify other organizations and that's what happens in uh in the netherlands they actually use they have a database of all the pills that they test and they notify the authorities so health services and police and that and hopefully it'll help the policing you know if it's focused on if they know okay there's some dodgy pills going around and we can focus our efforts on policing that then that's that's a great outcome right Mm because they yeah so we saw over the weekend uh, a young person died in New South Wales mm. from taking drugs. I think at Rainbow Serpent. Uh, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian said, what might be okay for one person taking a tablet could be lethal for another person. Let's not pretend that pill testing would have saved these lives. What do you say to that? Well, p- pill testing is not a universal panacea. It's not going to solve all of the problems around drug use. Let's be clear about that. But what we do know is that it can reduce harm in certain circumstances, right? So there's always going to be people who take, uh, you know, risks over and above, and maybe they're not the sort of people that are going to use pill testing services. But there clearly, clearly is a market for this type of service. That there are people out there that want to. Um, reduce their risk and, and minimise harm from drugs, and um, they will use it. You know, obviously, it's not going to it's not going to stop all bad effects from drugs, and I don't think anyone's claiming that it will. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I disagree that it wouldn't have any positive effects. Mm-hmm. Pill testing, I totally disagree with that. I think it will have some positive effects, but will it stop all? Uh, hospitalizations and deaths from drugs? No, it won't. Yeah. Uh, we're coming at you with the tough questions to yeah. regain the spirit of the debate. But the other yeah. part, so you said in uh, before how this isn't the government giving the okay to take pills. Yes. But there's still the image of someone who's backed by government law giving back a illegal pill everywhere else except this festival to someone and saying, okay, this is safe to inject. Well, you know, not safe, but like uh, it's not tainted with the substance that's going to kill you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, isn't that in the case like the government sort of saying, okay, within this particular square of field, you can take this drug, but if you step outside the field anywhere else in Australia, it is illegal. Like, doesn't that create a sort of two different uh, laws, I guess? Yeah, look, it's it's certainly an exception, right? But I mean, from my point of view, you know, if I'm looking at that this from a philosophical point of view, we look at, you know, in liberalism and the harm principle, right? So is an action... Uh, you know, people should be free to act unless they're causing harm to others. And and if you look at the case of pill testing, are these people harming other people? No, they're not. In fact, this is a, a voluntary cooperation of people that are working together to reduce harm, right? So, um, you know, is it a carve-out of existing laws? Then yes. Um, but is it I- increasing liberty and reducing harm within that sphere in which it's carved out? Absolutely it is. So um, I don't 
I don't have a problem with that. And, you know, people talk about, oh, is this government condoning drugs and stuff like that? Well, no, I, I don't think it is because what we're, we're doing is we're allowing people to gain more uh, more insights about their drug use and lower their harm and gain more market information about these substances that are on the black market. Um, I don't think it's government condoning uh, drugs. And look, there's... There's a there's also this issue, and and it's a it's a fair criticism. People say, well, you know, why should taxpayer resources be directed to this sort of thing? But if we look at the way that it runs in New Zealand, for example, it's run by a charity, right? Mm. So this is this is private money that's putting pooling together to do this. It doesn't have to be government run. Uh, also, the, the grooving the mood tests that were run these were these were also um, private money that you know some of it was crowdsourced and individual donors and this sort of thing. There's no reason that these services can't be run uh, uh, through charitable or non non-profit organisations. Or the festival itself, because like the last thing the festival wants is someone to OD and die at mm. their own festival. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, my understanding is in the Netherlands, it's actually uh, has an effect on the insurance premium. So there's an economic thing going on there. You know, they if they have the pill service, then that's going to affect uh, you know their insurance premiums, a whole bunch of other things, right? But um, there's also the issue of it's already it ha not having a pill testing service or not having these harm minimization uh, measures is costing taxpayers right now. So, um, you know, God forbid when someone dies from one of these pills um, that's dodgy, um, you know, we've got uh, uh, emergency services costs, we've got ICU bed costs, we've got coroner's report costs, we've got all these other costs. If someone suffers a, a catastrophic brain injury, we've got lifetime care costs. You only need one person to suffer one of these catastrophic brain injuries and be, need care for the rest of their life, and it costs taxpayers millions of dollars. So I really don't buy the the taxpayer argument either because I think that there are a lot of costs that are happening right now that are costing taxpayers now. I'm quite convinced that uh, having this sort of fairly cheap service would save taxpayers money in the long run anyway so i don't really buy that argument either all right one one more question just mm. about the political aspect of this yes uh, we see festival season's coming up more and more of people are going to be harmed by drugs do you see pill testing coming in in australia or victoria more specifically in the next little bit in the next little bit Probably not, but there's certainly a push um, fr from a lot of angles on this to try and allow this. So um, I know the Greens have got a private members bill up that they're trying to get up. Um, on the crossbench in Victorian Upper House, there is a lot of support for uh, pill testing, um, as, as you would have seen earlier in the year. And I think that might have even grown a little bit since then. So we'll see how that goes. We're going to continue making noise about it. I think it's it's really, I'd like to think it's a matter of time before the government changes their minds on this. I don't want to see more people uh, get harmed by pills at these festivals, but inevitably it will happen. Yeah, and like we it's, have it's to decide, going to happen this summer. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen and we have to decide, all right, are we going to allow measures that, are, that might uh, reduce that harm and prevent some of that harm from happening? Yeah, cool. cool. All right, uh, David Lindbrick, thank you very much for joining us again on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank cool. you very much. All right, uh, next up on the show, we're going to run through some of our heroes and villains. So it's just me yeah. and Pete for this segment. Uh, heroes and villains, Pete, 
the Grunt Pig Freedom Snort of the Week. Uh, how are we going interviewing that pig, by the way? It's look, oh, he hasn't responded to any of my emails yet. Okay. But, uh, you know. Grunt the Pig at AOL.org. He's a busy guy. He's a big, busy pig. So this agents. is the uh, pig that got suspended from being a pig uh, by Wangaratta City Council. Yeah. Basically the idea. But anyway, we've made him the symbol for freedom in this year, 2019. Yeah. And uh, who gets your snort of freedom for standing up for freedom around the world this week? Uh, that's a really good question, James. Now, my... Grant the Pig Freedom Award nominee this week. I was a bit worried there because that's usually how you preface things when you don't know the answer. And I was like, yeah. think for, of a hero this week. For a second, I was like, actually, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, what right. I'm doing, last month, American 17-year-old Feroza Aziz smuggled criticism of the Chinese government into a recent TikTok beauty tutorial. So, yep. you know, beauty tutorial. Here it is. Play the tape, Saul. Hi, guys. So I'm going to teach you guys how to get long lashes. So the first thing you need to do is grab your lash curler, curl your lashes, obviously. Then you're going to put them down and use your phone that you're using right now to search up what's happening in China, how they're getting concentration camps, throwing innocent Muslims in there, separating their families from each other, kidnapping them, murdering them, raping them. Absolute seamless transition from Feroza then, straight yep. from the makeup into the political statement. Now, TikTok, of course, is a Chinese app so basically controlled by the ccp now for, so you're not allowed to actually criticize the chinese government on it Feroza managed to sneak that into her little tiktok video thing was viewed a million times before the company that owns the app kicked her off so she was off for an hour it went viral they put her back on and said it was a human moderation error yeah right yeah. No, yeah, no no right. they uh, they found the human xi jinping yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it was him that got it off he, he made an error and got rid of Feroza. now for forcing what is essentially a ccp into into an embarrassing backflip and highlighting the plight of the uyghurs Feroza, you're my hero this week i just hope virginia trioli doesn't think that you're the problem okay well interesting we need to get her on uh the virginia trioli show all right uh my hero this week is a friend of the show matt canavan the minister uh, so he was on Alan Jones this week and Alan Jones was talking about this uh, climate change talk fest underway in Spain right now and asked Matt Canavan why he wasn't there. Well, why aren't you at Madrid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's lovely this time of year, but uh, I've got some better things to do. Um, yeah, I, I've, I haven't committed enough sins in my life, obviously, to be sent there yet, Alan. Jonesy absolutely loves that one. Oh, he loved it. <laughs> he loved that joke uh, a lot. Uh, anyway, now... People might think this is hypocritical mm -hmm. of me to make him my hero of the week for this because okay. uh, of our long-held standing belief that Pete and I would accept any and all tickets to go on a junket. But the reason he is my hero is because he turned it down, which leaves what I would assume to be a fair few seats uh, available on this Madrid climate change yeah. talk. So I just want to publicly – like, I haven't run this by you. No, I think I know where you're going with it. I think I'm happy with it. We'll go to Madrid. Uh, Senator Matt, uh, what's his name? Matt, Matt Canavan. Canavan. We gave you a platform on this program to yep. spread your views. Now we want something in return, a little quid pro quo. Yep. Oh, <laughs> can't talk, but yeah. Yeah, but we can collude, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we will go to Madrid. We will attend these conferences. We will report back and we will also go to the beach and have some fun. Looking forward to it. Is there a beach it. in Madrid? Probably not. Anyway, it's, uh, it's inland, actually. It's inland, Madrid. but we, we, we will go to a beach. Yeah, there's lots of beaches. That is our fine. promise to our listeners <laughs> that we will go to the beach. All right. All right uh, let us head over to the villains of the week. So, the people that have stood up for tyranny, for injustice, yeah. and against our heroes or, you know, just good people. Pete, exactly right. Me. Now, it's with absolute sadness in my heart oh dear. that I give my villain this week to uh, the great Bob Catter. Now, last week in the parliament of this great nation, mm -hmm. Bob Catter said this. In Australia, 90% of the food that is sold is sold by two people. You've got two people to sell that milk to. And if you're stupid enough to stay on the free market, and count on Woolworths and Coles being Mr. Father Christmas, 
then you deserve, my friend, what you get, and you'll get it. You'll get it. Now, Bob went on, so he went on for a little bit. His whole speech was a five-minute speech bagging deregulation and the free speech market. Speech or rant? Well, we I reckon it was a beautiful speech, just didn't have the same ideas that I have. But anyway, he went on to say this a few seconds later. We had 172 million sheep in a regulated industry. We now have 66 million. My friend, I'll go into your electorate and debate it with you. In the meantime, shut up. <laughs> so, Bob, I love you. I love your passion. I love that you stand up for people that are outside the bubble. I love and against you. the crocodile crisis. And against the crocodile crisis. We've spoken about a lot on this show. And I love that you're willing to go into that bloke's electorate <laughs> and debate him. But you are off your head, Bob, yep. if you think the free market's a bad thing. This is the first time in human history, James, 10% of people have lived uh, – uh, less than 10% of people lived in extreme poverty for the first time in human history. That is because of the free market, Bob. And if you think the free market is a bad thing, uh, you're off your head. Um, now, so Bob, for bagging free markets this week, you're my villain. But God bless Bob Catter and Bob, God bless Far North Queensland. <laughs> and Bob can bless Far North Queensland. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I disagree with what he's saying in that clip. But God damn it, if every Bob Catter clip doesn't make me run through a wall. Oh, like, when he fires up like that, when he's just got complete... Uh, no care for the microphones that have already been given to him. He's yeah. just like, no, nope, this is getting straight from the stomach. And he's, and he's uh, sorry, go on. No, it's just like, I just want to run through a wall. Yeah, exactly right. And he's actually, like, he's, he's sometimes people caricature him, but he's actually very smart. You can see in that clip that he's got a really Yeah, he thinks uh, Coles and Woolworths are two people. Very <laughs> smart guy. No, he's got to command all the figures. Anyway. Uh, uh, the other part of it is, so for people who are watching on YouTube, they would have seen this, but there's Adam Bant in the bottom right corner yeah, of yeah. that clip. Man, I want to know what he's thinking in that moment. Just like, I've never <laughs> seen a person like this before. Yeah, but also, like, uh, I don't know if they sit next to each each other usually, but Adam has probably got like right ear like uh, deafness at this yeah. point because Bob Catter does not care where the nearest microphone is. No. <laughs> he will oh. address everything at the same volume. They turned him off. They, didn't, didn't <laughs> no, they turned off every microphone in the joint. All right. Uh, my villain this week is I've run through my... Yeah, there we go. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, actor, uh, the Hulk, you know, you would have seen him. Eternal Shine Sign mm. the Spotless Mind, which Pete would definitely not have seen. I've heard of this guy though, which is good. Very good. Uh, I'm actually impressed. I genuinely thought we'd be in trouble there. Anyway, he tweeted this, if we can see it on screen. It is time for an economic revolution. Capitalism today is failing us, killing us, and robbing from our children's future. Now, I'm going to echo what Bridget Fettersy, friend of the show, did, and half the internet, which is... Uh, I my goal in life is to get to the point where I'm rich enough that I can get to trash capitalism on Twitter. Mm. It is the rich man's game, and I want to be a part of that world. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I'd love to be a part of that. I like Tim Pool's response, who is a journalist. We are going to get on this show. That's yep. a promise to you. After Trump, he's fantastic. We're going to get him on. He said, "Prove you mean it. Donate your excess wealth until you're at the threshold of one percent. You'll still be rich, but you'll give help to the needy." Blah blah blah. Yeah, which is other, a good point. A good no, point. You can donate as much money as you want, mate. Yeah. And thirty-two thousand. That was both of us channeling Bob Carter there. With you. <laughs> good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really sat up straight since Bob Catter was on. Uh, we should play at the start of every show and just yeah. get us up and about. Just every morning, Bob Catter yelling at you to get out of bed. Buddy, make something of yourself. Anyway, no, We need to get that alarm clock done. Us three should go into business together yeah, and make millions. We'd make millions. Anyway, I just want to point out the annual income. To make to be in the top 1% of annual income earners in the whole world, in America, yep. you have to earn above 32000 American dollars. Wow. So you give away all your money until you've just got that left, Mark Ruffalo, then I'll believe you're dinkum. The other part of it is, so Mark Ruffalo wants an economic revolution. You want to talk about like owning the means of production. Now, in the last Avengers movie, yeah. the Hulk was not... Like, he was in CGI Hulk form the entire time. Yeah. Like... Trust, like, the means of production were the people working the CGI department, but who gets the, you know, the junkets all around uh, the world spruiking the movie in the millions of dollars? Mm. Mark Ruffalo. Yep. So I don't know how well he's going to do in an economic revolution, would be my guess. Yeah. I think first against the CGI wall. All right, uh, we got more for the show for you after this. Yeah. 
Okay, we've got another round of Hey, What Did We Miss? The Young IPA Quiz. Loaded panel this week, fresh off his dominating performance last week and possibly the most uh, high standard of quiz we've mm. had so far, I would say. Very good. Uh, the IPA spin doctor, Evan Mulholland. We've had him on the show already Thanks. to talk about freedom, uh, sorry, foreign influency transparency scheme. And now he's here for the quiz. Uh, he's already taken off the crown. Yeah, it does, <laughs> um, who was that king that abdicated? Edward the Eighth, I want to say. I don't know. Could if be right. would know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what you are. Is this, is this part of the quiz? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the crowd. I was watching that episode of the crowd. And we're starting time. again. Uh, we've also got IPA Research Fellow Andrew Bushnell in here, uh, heading up our criminal justice project. Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, cheers. And of course, the Roof CL, Peter Gregory. Always uh, a pleasure. Uh, if it is your first quiz, you know, classic quiz format, one point for correct answers, one point for incorrect answers. I'm just going to quickly pad while I write up a score sheet for myself. I'm definitely prepared for this week. Yeah. Uh, and your buzzers are going to be your first name, so let's quickly go around the table. Uh, Andrew. Yep, yeah, that was a bit of a stutter there. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had to get, to, had to get on top of that one. Evan? Evan. Yep, like that. Roof, roof. Roof, roof. Evan already encouraged roof someone seal. desperately trying to win. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to question one. So what words are Western Sydney University advising this Evan. student? Husband and wife. That is correct. Uh, you can note... Just don't use those words. I didn't read like I didn't read the full article. I just read Bella's quotes. Is he uh, shout what? every time. <laughs> yes, uh, okay. and they're going to get more loud and more piercing, and they're going to hurt even more <laughs> as th- his lead builds and builds. What is the reason for that one? Not the shouting, the husband and wife thing. This is the first I've heard of this. Oh, to be bra- breaks honest. down uh, traditional. Or it might be offensive to some people. That <laughs> oh, when I was, when I was filling out the paperwork like for when my son was born earlier this year, technically in Victoria, I'm parent one. Ooh. And my <laughs> wife is parent two. <laughs> How hard did you push for parent one? Like, was that a conversation? Was like, That's pretty sexist. Why is the woman second? Yeah. Well, no, I was, I was no. filling out yeah. the form. She'd just given birth, so she was in bed resting. That is far more adversarial, parent one versus parent two, more than husband and wife. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, okay. Who dropped out of the U.S. presidential race? Evans. This oh, Kamala this Harris. Kamala Harris is correct. She fired every employee personally and then arrested them immediately for trespassing. Uh, question number three uh, is: What was the name of Clive James's chapter in Climate Change: The Facts 2017? Still available at ipa.org.au. I proofed that. You did. What was the name? I can't remember. I, I just don't. <laughs> I think that would be part of it. People don't. Clive James, that. you know, famous. Australian writer, I'm just oh, patting all you guys. Get it wrong, but I know, like, Australian I know writer like did contribute a chapter to climate change effects Evan. 2017. Yeah, Evan, mass death dies hard. Is correct. Oh. Evan is off to a flyer. If we don't get a point where our strides are off, no, they are not. We we'll leave that to Extinction Rebellion. We <laughs> no. don't do yeah, it anywhere else. That kind of thing goes well on the internet. I've heard. It would be an extremely well viewed video. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, who were the three leads in The Irishman? The new Scorsese film. Uh, is it their real name? Andrew. Netflix. Yep. Uh, Robert De Niro, yep. Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino. Correct. Uh, out of curiosity, Peter, when you said what were their real names, what were you going to offer as fake names? No, like, as in, do you want their character names or their... Yeah, I'd be amazed if you could give me character names. Do you know what? I've Jimmy actually Hoff seen that one. movie. Wow. I've seen half of it. The third ever movie. How'd you feel? Uh, I gotta, yeah, I'm going to say you've seen half of it's it. It's like a half It's a bit sort of grim. It's like, wow, people lived like this. By the way, how angry does Leonardo DiCaprio that he wasn't in that movie? I spent three and a half hours waiting for him to turn up. He's in every Scorsese movie. Yeah, like, all the favourites. All Bronson the favourites were there. It. Yeah, it was absolutely... Um, second half, the second half of it's really good. The yeah. first half is a bit slow. The second half is Goes really for good. ages. Uh, my main thing about it will involve a spoiler, so we'll move on. Okay. Uh, but we'll talk about this off air. Okay, uh, what was the most popular boy's name for newborn babies this year? Roof, roof. Steve Smith. Incorrect. <laughs> Steve Both Smith, names. Gregory. <laughs> Negative. All right. Uh, it was... Dusty. 
Not Dusty. Not Dusty. Uh, there are more states in Victoria. Um, uh, it was Oliver. A lot of Richmond fans. Oh. So Oliver was the most popular now. Oh, yeah. That's not that weird. Uh, okay, uh, the next one. Oh, Pushy's not happy with it. Pushy's, yeah. I just saw him shift well, around in his seat. I there thought, it is. I thought, <laughs> I thought, no, I thought, I thought we'd given my son like a, a, a interesting name. What is it? What is it? He's, my son is named Raphael. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. And okay, I keep, no, but no, I keep hearing it's like tennis. that. It's like in The Simpsons. Like, no, my son is also named Bort. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I, keep, I keep hearing people with their kids' names, and I was like, ah. Oh. But I wasn't actually trying to be like lots creative. of Ninja Turtles yeah. fans. All Fair right. enough. Anyway, uh, according to Jeremy Corbyn, uh, what does Trump apparently want on the table? Evan. The NHS. Yeah, apparently so Trump wants uh, to ha- bring the NHS into trade talks with the US as if there's like a buyer's market yeah. for that thing. <laughs> I like the way that Evan pronounced H like a like H, like a real traditional old Catholic pronunciation. Oh, well, I'm a traditional old Catholic. This is his, <laughs> this is his positioning H. for his next run yeah. uh, office. Yeah. Yeah. Be later this week at this rate. Uh, name six parties that are contesting the UK election, oh. which is next week, this time next week. Six. Six parties. Um, I'm sure you can get at least three. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, oh. uh, let's have a crack at this. Yep. Yeah, might so you got the Conservatives, yep. Labor, yep. Liberal Democrats, yep. Brexit Party, um, Plaid Kimru, five, good work, uh, and the Scottish National Party. That is six. six. All right, Andrew Bushnell gets it. I like it. You should get an extra point for actually pronouncing the Welsh. Yeah, I got to say, yeah, I was, I was very s- impressed by that. <laughs> uh, but you don't get an extra okay. point. If you hadn't said the good, Welsh good, Party, you would have given it to him. <laughs> All right, uh, according to the Brazilian president, which famous. Rupert. Leonardo DiCaprio. That is thanks wow. for coming. Okay. That was, that was uh, light and fast. Can I hear the question? To get uh, back to zero. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, I Peter Gregory got sick of being on zero. Uh, according John to the Elway Brazilian president, last second magic. <laughs> NFL reference. I like it. Uh, according to the Brazilian president, which famous figure is to blame for paying to set fire to the Amazon? So the Brazilian president came like uh, went public with this theory that Leonardo DiCaprio donates mm. to groups that you know uh, part of their environmental plan is to have no set fires. Mm. But uh, this Brazilian president needs his second life to be a World Wrestling Foundation heel. Like he's just never steps down. He will attack anyone that attacks him. Cool. Just loves the booze coming from the UN and from international celebrities. <laughs> he's a loss of the world of wrestling. He's the world equivalent <laughs> of Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> and who will he be his, be his Hulk Hogan? I have no idea. Okay, uh, next question. Which major media outlet won't investigate Democratic nominees? Oh, no, I was first. Oh, no. <laughs> I was first. <laughs> the parent wants to watch all over again. Dead I reckon that was exactly it. Dead so uh, give it to me again. Bloom- Andrew. Yeah, that was it. Oh, that is. <laughs> Bloomberg. What an absolute rot. <laughs> I've, lost, sure? I've lost all confidence in the integrity of this quiz. <laughs> Which is good because we had a question about Bloomberg News. Uh, I, to be fair, I would have accepted literally any major media publication apart from Fox News. <laughs> yeah, who were sure. they not investigating? Uh, any Democratic nominee because Michael Bloomberg, who owns Bloomberg News, is running for Democratic nominee. So he said out of fairness for <laughs> the and competition. And Trump just didn't give them gonna, any credentials. Yeah, yeah. Straight up no credentials. credentials. Yeah. That's who's going to be the Hulk Hogan to the Brazilian president's macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah. These two need to get into the WWF. All right, uh, so score check at the end of the regular stuff I just drilled. Uh, Evan is on five. Andrew is on what appears to be two or three. I can't read my own handwriting. Should figure that out. Well, they got yeah. on two, but really it's Evan on four and me on three because I got <laughs> no. the last one. All right. I spent the rest of the afternoon watching the tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Zapruder film. You're like, if you look at this angle. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, VAR. I'll give it to three and Peter Gregory is on one. All right. Who am I? I reckon I'm on zero. So Andrew's on three. No, you got one. You got the. No, uh, I'm on two. Uh, Andrew's on two. I'm on five. I got the Leonardo DiCaprio wrong, right? But yep. I did the first name wrong. You got the Steve Smith thing wrong. Oh yeah, true. Anyway, yeah, I you, should just give you the. You need for the jokes. 
Uh, I'll take the done set now then. So do we, not have to, do we not just have to get it on the first one? Yep, okay. All right, um, all right. so. happened. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. All right, who am I? I died for five points. I died 440 years ago oh. on Wednesday. I don't know who that is. Could be anyone. Well, no. <laughs> oh, don't start that again. Uh, 440 years, years ago. ago on Wednesday. Anyone want to guess? Died. Mm. 440. All right, four points. I'm an English political philosopher. Oh, here we go. There we go. That narrows it down. English political philosopher. English, you say? English. Political. From England. <laughs> Philosophy. Yeah. This Word. is embarrassing. I should know. This is, yeah, I yeah, thought, I have to, do, have to do the, have to do the, to math. be honest. So that's the back like half 15, of this. 1580 something. But you have yeah. to guess now, don't you? Doesn't he? Does he have to guess now? Yeah. Or is so I'll, I'll ring in. Yep. Uh, so he died fifteen eighty something, and he's English. So and he's a political philosopher. <laughs> this is what we know. Yeah. Uh, oh, the pressure's on. Um, nah. The tension is killing me. Next right. one. Uh, three points. I'm regarded as having made popular the social contract theory. Here he goes. Surely this one. Oh, Andrew. Yep. Uh, Hobbes. Yep. Correct. All right. There we uh, go. Oh, drop the pen. Sorry. That that's mean? that brings us to a tiebreaker. <laughs> but I do <laughs> oh, no. have one. I do actually have a tiebreaker oh, question no. this week. Really? I do That's actually amazing. have a tiebreaker question this week. That's amazing. All right. What is the name? And it's only Evan and Bushnell going for this one. Yep. But what is the name of uh, Joe Biden's 18-stop tour through Iowa? Good question. Andrew. Andrew. No malarkey. Oh, oh. I stole it at the There's no malarkey in the tiebreaker oh, question. No. Cop Bushnell's got it. Shooting <laughs> dog that <laughs> tried to cheat. Oh, oh, no. I did not change. There's right. the crown. Oh, no. I reckon we've got to run this back next week. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This right. is, look at that. The crown symbolizes justice. I've never seen a happy winner. Oh, no. <laughs> that is it for your back quiz. We've got more show for you coming up <laughs> after this. Okay. Uh, Loaded show, we're running long, but we do have a few stories that we really want to hone in on, I want to say. You need to hear them. You Just need to hear them. Need, if you went through the rest of your week with it, and we said no messing around. <laughs> it's a long show. We said no messing around. Okay, we'll skip that. Uh, let's talk about Joe Biden's week. <laughs> yeah, We should not be allowed new microphones. Let's talk about Joe Biden's week. So as discussed in the quiz, Joe Biden's tour of Iowa, trying to drum up some last minute support, yep. is called the No Malarkey Tour. Good name. <laughs> which is amazing. Apparently narrowly beat out no Boulder Dash and no Gobbledygook Tour as well for last names. Uh, using a thesaurus for that one, I also found out that, uh, what is it? Flapdoodle is a word really? for it. <laughs> I'm going to be saying Flapdoodle for the rest of the what show. What does it mean? Uh, same thing, just, you know, nonsense speak. Well, like that was a thing because on for people watching on YouTube just saw this, Malaki must have been road tested as not a word that a lot of people knew because there was a definition of malarkey on the back of the bus. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Got like malarkey now, nonsense speak. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Which usually would be like, that's when you go back to the uh, campaign uh, big board of possible slogans. Anyway, uh, the term in the article goes, uh, the term recalls the time the former vice president told Republican rival Paul Ryan in a 2012 debate that he was espousing, quote, a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. I mean, whom could forget that yeah. famous moment from the 2012 campaign trail? Just two of the great minds 
butting into yeah. each other. Uh, like I like Biden just leaning into the boomer angle at this point. It's tough for boomers on the internet these days. A lot of okay boomers flying around, but Uncle Joe's here and he's going to use the word malarkey and he's not going to back down from the fact that he's old. Well, mate, the thing about boomers is that they vote. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> you know a lot about boomers, Pete. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's not the only thing we want to hone in on Biden. Yeah. Uh, again, this is going to this is going to be a bit that's a lot easier for our YouTube audience to uh, appreciate than our li- listeners. But the listeners need to Google the photo. Just type in Joe Biden mouth, I think would be the best one. Finger. Anyway, show the photo. He's at like his Look wife's giving that. a speech. His wife's got an outstretched hand, and Joe Biden has decided at this time, against all times in a public forum, <laughs> to bite on his wife's index finger. Now, the thing about this is, like, he's not using his hands to slow down his wife's gesture. Like, yeah. that is a man that knows how to bite his wife's finger. That is like a honing missile, his teeth. Well, look, I mean, this is uncut Biden. This, this is, is uncut This Biden. is not rehearsed. This is yeah. just a moment of Biden brilliance. And yeah. to be honest, if anything, I lo- If anything could make me miss the days of sniffing hair, yeah. it was the image of him biting his wife's finger. I disagree completely. I'm sure it comes as no surprise to you, James, that I love this guy. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I want to see what you think of him after this third video okay. that's resurfaced. Oh, there's more? There's more, but like, loaded week for Biden. Play the video. Of, this is resurfaced uh, this week. Him and a press and by conference. the way, you know, I should understand... And it get hot. I got a lot of. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. So that is audio from uh, the f- same press conference as the famous Corn Pop where he yeah. told the story of the gangster that he apparently fought. I still don't believe is real. Pete was kind of convinced. I do believe everything Joe says. What I want to know is what the hell does that teach you about roaches? Like, oh. What in that story yeah. informs you about the world of cockroaches? Oh, absolutely nothing. This is what I love about Joe. Like he's off his head yeah. and he doesn't care who knows it. Yes, <laughs> but he's going to be president. But I suppose we're used to that at this point. <laughs> but you you said, now you loved this that hippie woman, Marianne Williamson. I did. You said she was like your mum's crazy yoga friend. Who makes jewellery. Where do you sit on old Uncle Joe? Joe Biden is the family member you have that you invite over dinner and it's either going to be a really interesting long discussion about good memories yeah. or what roaches can, what well, sunscreen that. can teach you about roaches. And there's no in between. Yeah. And you just got to roll the dice sometimes because yeah. sometimes it's going to be amazing and sometimes it's going to take four weeks of the family to recover from what happened. So who are you on now in the Democratic presidential race? Uh, what, well, Tulsi Gabbard's still in. <laughs> I'm saying. You know my thoughts I'm on saying, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, I do. All right. Last thing we want to do. Sorry. This happened on Twitter this week. It was trolling the Guardian. No. Oh. We're next up. Sorry. I went one ahead. Uh, I thought you were just going rogue right on me there. Long, long show. All right. Pete, talk to us. Daily Mail. Okay. So we've seen the Extinction Rebellion protesters all around the world. As I said back in October, the reason, the worst thing about Extinction Rebellion is this. So please roll that tape. Oh, no. Stop the Extinction I'm a professional uh, James. Well, for those listening on the listening things, that professional. was that was image of Extinction Rebellion in October in Melbourne doing a nudie run, but they weren't nude. And I talked about this back then. It's a disgrace. If you're gonna talk about it run, a few times. Do a nudie I'm run. gonna start vetoing any story about <laughs> Extinction Rebellion we do on the show because I just know that clip is gonna get played. It's a great clip now. But is this worse? Reports that back in October, which came out this week, so it is current, in the Daily Mail said on Sunday, climate activists smeared feces on restaurant walls and targeted staff with abuse 
in London in Westminster at an eating a healthy eating chain called Leon because and hear this James they had sold out of crushed pea salad there were so many vegans in town for the protests that they sold out of crushed pea salad and they all went off their head because they weren't getting mm. enough you know protein or whatever yeah whatever's in the bloody pea thing anyway can you imagine that someone health going, guru Peter someone going to you James yeah yeah we're out of peas mate and yeah. you're going oh well I'm gonna drop my dax and yeah. <laughs> just have, have I'm just it. glad they didn't use that fire truck that we had <laughs> they got glass <laughs> and they started spraying everywhere this is a highbrow show oh, is it is, apparently that is, <laughs> that that is vulgar. anyway we just had a nudie one and we're talking about feces yeah. look as someone who is terrified of sending back food that they like say I get a dish that I didn't order and I get someone else I'll just eat it because yeah. I'm a coward. Uh, <laughs> or just like say it's cold and should be hot. I'll yeah, eat it. Yeah, it so part of me looks up to this person because that <laughs> is, you know, that is someone like, I don't want to be all the way there, but I don't yeah. mind someone who's just going to throw a few elbows because there wasn't any pe- crushed piece out. Okay. So there's a part of it you admire. Part of it I admire. All right. Uh, last thing I want to do. So this, uh, <laughs> this happened on Twitter this week. Well, sorry for yes, Andy. <laughs> so this happened on Twitter this week. Uh, everyone was trolling the Guardian, which is always going to be fun. Uh, people were just sharing, uh, you know, like a fake Guardian headlines. So what we wanted to do, I'm going to read out. So basically to give you an example, like this is obviously fake, so I'm not going to include it in the quiz. Uh, we need to ban public schools just as soon as my son finishes at Dulwich College. Like that kind of like uh, classic, uh, what is it, Ivory Castle yeah, yeah. Uh, left-wing thing. So what That's I've, exactly what they call it. What I've com- <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same side. <laughs> what I've compiled here is a few fake ones, a few real ones. Ooh. And Pete, you're going to have to guess which one's a fake Guardian headline from the memes. Uh, some of them I've actually made myself or which one's real. So there's been all over the internet this week. All over the internet. But uh, <laughs> I reckon I'll be okay with you haven't seen this before. Okay. All right. Uh, first one. So freedom of speech isn't freedom to criticize global media outlets. Real or fake? That's real. That is fake. Oh. I came up with that one myself. Okay. All right. Uh, real or fake? Avengers Endgame was brilliant, but the fat shaming broke my heart. Real. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> one for me. That one for me. Real. One for Pete. All right. Uh, next one I've got. Uh, we must accept professors are the best people to decide what we're allowed to think. That's fake. That is fake. Well done. Oh, <laughs> you're right about the that one. Is, you're right about that. Was pretty. That's line ball. They all sound They plausible. genuinely think that. <laughs> they don't just won't say it out loud. All right. I'd rather police investigate a crime of misogyny than a crime of burglary. That's real. That is real. Correct, yes. Peter. You're doing very well on yes. this. All right. Last one for the four. chocolates. For the chocolates. Ooh, chocolate. The tears of emo- joy emoji. One of. Peter Gregory's favourites, by oh, the way. Yeah. Loves the tears of joy emoji. Catch all. The tears of joy emoji is the worst of all. It's used to gloat about human suffering. That is false. That's a real one. Ah! <laughs> That's annoying. H- how do you feel about that last one? Because I know you. Lo- no one loves the tears of joy emoji more than Peter Gregory. It's like, it's effectively the headline saying, don't be mean to people. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't, don't victimize the tears of joy emoji. Don't bring that like saying, don't say mean things. All right, cool. Uh, that is it. Oh, I just want to give you my favorite. Oh, okay. How does this, this is from years ago. How does the literary canon reinforce the logic of the incel? <laughs> How indeed. <laughs> That is it for the show this week. Uh, thank you to uh, all the contestants we've had on the quiz. Thank you to David Limbrick as well, Adam Schlick to check mm. out Sorry Fox. We'll see you guys next Evan week. Evan Mulholland. Evan Mulholland. And Evan Mulholland. See you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>